May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Uh, there is a website uh, which tells you the details, well, some details, of the richest 500 people in the world. It's quite interesting. Uh, some of the names I recognize, some of the names I do not recognize. Uh, I noticed there was nobody I know personally on that 500. But it's interesting, the website is very, uh, I suppose, up-to-date. It's not quite interactive, but it's up-to-date because there are three or four columns. It gives the name of the person, uh, how much they are worth, how much they are worth at this moment in time, how much they, were, how they are worth year-to-date in comparison to last year, and what their expectations are for the future. And it's interesting to note, uh, some of them uh, are in red. That doesn't indicate they've gone into the red. It means that this time last year, they were worth more. And if there, there's one chap, I'll not name names, but he's got uh, something like $128 billion. Now, sadly for him... He is $2 billion down year-to-date this year than last year. I've got to say my heart went out to him. <laughs> As I scrolled down, I felt sorry for the, the person who was 500th on the list because they had only got about $10 billion. But they'd done better than last year because last year they'd only got about $8 billion. So year-to-date, they'd increased by $2 billion. So I began to wonder who to feel sorry for, really. So it was a bit topsy-turvy. Now you know what the Canon Mission spends his time doing. <laughs> I'm just hoping that there might be somebody in the congregation who's seen on that list. And if you are, and I thrust you a gift-aid form, you'll know what that's all about. And if you say to me, well, I'm sorry, Keith, but year-to-date, I'm a little bit... Uh, it's not easy this year because I've lost a couple of billion. But it's interesting to look at it. It really tells us very little about those names. It tells us how much they are worth. Sometimes in life you hear people say, I wonder how much they're worth. And there's a saying in Barnes that says, oh, they can buy us out ten times over. It's a bit of a saying. I can't. But it's an interesting website. But it tells us little or nothing about the day-to-day -day lives of the 500 richest people on earth. In this extract we've read in our gospel reading today, it's from the Sermon on the Mount. And it's saying to us, I believe, something very deep about our value in the sight of God. And how much we should value that value. It's saying how much God values us year to date. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, has been teaching about almsgiving, about prayer, about fasting, about treasures stored up not on earth but in heaven, about having a sound eye and looking at the world through a different lens. He talks about, be careful you cannot serve two masters, God and money. And then he's now moving into, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, 
or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. I believe it's telling us something about our image before God, our value and our worth. Jesus helps us to understand this as he gives us some images from the natural world around us. He says, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is not about material things. This is not some sort of prosperity gospel. If you do this and this, you'll get this and that. It is about how we are viewed by God, our value to God. These are the wonderful clothes he wants to give us. The love of God clothes us with a robe more glorious than Solomon's. Jesus, however, we must be careful, is not encouraging us to be reckless about money or our commitments or our responsibilities, but he's asking us to put these things in their rightful perspective and place. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break through and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here comes the punchline. They're my words, not Jesus, by the way. But he may have wanted to say that. For where your treasure is... Think about your treasure. What you treasure in life. What I treasure in life. There your heart will be also. God treasures you in his heart more than anything in all the world. When he looks at us, he sees his treasure. He sees beauty. He sees value. He sees worth. You are on God's rich list. Because he loves you. It's also speaking about generosity. To be released from worry gives us space to be generous. Jesus is speaking about people who are eaten up with worry. Worry perhaps about the past, worry about the present, but even worse, worry about the future. If you look at the life of Jesus... He had, I suppose, a poise and a peacefulness. Because of his life and his relationship with the Father, he could truly say, I'm clothed with the love of my Father. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. It could take him through the storm on Lake Galilee. It could take him through the demands that people made upon him for help and healing. It could take him through those dreadful disappointments of the disciples. No, I never knew him. 
I never knew him. I never knew him. It took him through Gethsemane. Let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. It took him through the experience of the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Into your hands I commit my spirit. The scripture says, perfect love casts out fear. Worry affects our ability to be generous in spirit and material gifts. I believe the church, the church around the world, the Church of England, is in a place of worry, worrying about the future, worrying about what is ahead of us. And it inhibits our sense of being generous. It takes away that sense of security, where we can give and give and give of our time, of our talents, of our personalities and of our material goods. The church is lacking financial help. I believe if we reduced our amount of worrying and our ability to worry, it would release us to be generous, to give without thought of tomorrow, to give with the kingdom of God in mind, to give not worrying about our own future status, for we are clothed with God's love, better than Solomon was arrayed. So it speaks of generosity. Jesus is also asking us to look through a different lens, to get worry in perspective. Today's trouble is enough for today. He's asking for a measured response to worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety is a natural response to situations that we face. But it has huge limits on its ability to effect any change. I'm sure some of you today are thinking about things you've got to sort out next week. And you can be worried about the outcome. Worry does not affect change for the future. It affects our present. Worry is an energy, if not held and controlled, will project us out of reality. It can become toxic and corrosive in our relationship with God and with others. Jesus said, Can any of you by worry add a single hour or span to your life? Worry effects no change in our circumstances. Many years ago, a friend of mine, we were talking about worry, and this friend said, Worry is not good because it is not fruitful. And I've always remembered that. Worry is not good because it is not fruitful. When I worry, I realize I'm not being fruitful because I'm full of anxiety about the future, about this and that, and I find I cannot make any effective change. But then when I think who I am before God, I am loved, I am redeemed by Christ, I am precious to him, my worries seem to recede. Then I feel I can become generous because I'm not so concerned about the me, about the selfish me. 
I'm able to give more of myself, my time and talents. And then put it in perspective. Worry will not change the future. I can step forward into the future. Worry is not fruitful. So the rich list of 500. How would it be if it was about not worrying? I wonder, and I don't know, if the person on the top of the 500 list uh, is a very worried person about their holdings, their value and their worth. Do they look at the year-to-date losses and gains and worry about that? I don't know. They may not do. How different would it be, that 500 rich list, if it was about the 500 people who worry the least? This is riches beyond measure. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And all these things will be given to you as well. Let us not worry, for we are loved and of great value to God, and he beautifies our life with his love. Let us step forward and be free to be generous, not worrying about the future. Let us put worry into perspective and realize it cannot affect change in the future. And let us go forward knowing God's care and love for us as he clothes the flowers of the field and the grass of the field. May we know we are loved, we can be generous, and we need not worry. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.